Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be. Um, but it, it is absolutely no secret in this place that I, I love this season of the year. Um, I, I love the lights. I love the trees. I love the music. Um, I love the quote-unquote feeling of Christmas. Anybody else? Yeah, I've got a couple in the room. Got to just... Um, and, and it's no surprise to anybody in here, I've been listening to Christmas music since about the 1st of September. So that's not a... Maybe earlier than that. But I mean... It's 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 no no surprise that that's the truth. But I can tell you if here's the bottom line. If Jesus Christ was not the center of all of this, if, if the Lord Jesus Christ. Like this, that's the thing that just boggles my mind about so many that don't know who Jesus really is. They, they, you know, they do all the Christmas things. They go out and they get the tree. They get the presents. They get the. The, the, the stuff and they do all the things that are, you know, ice skating and all the, all the different things that you do at Christmas time. But I can tell you, it, if I didn't know who Jesus was, I, I wouldn't be excited about there's I, I can understand why people just don't like this time of year, because if you don't understand the meaning of it, if you don't understand the genuine, true roots of who Jesus is and what he did on our behalf, um, that it's 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 worthless. The gift that Jesus gave us by coming to earth is beyond compare. It's beyond comprehension what Christ did for us. Um, and to understand the magnitude of what Jesus did when he made his entrance into the timeline of humanity absolutely is unequivocally the best thing that's ever happened to this planet. That's it. I mean, the, the best thing. And what's heartbreaking is that people in 2022 are missing it. They're missing it. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is that there was a lot of people that missed, missed it in the day of Christ. They missed Jesus in the day that he, when he came. Just like they're missing him today, they missed it in Jesus' day, they missed the ultimate freedom, the gift of freedom, the gift of peace. So I want us to look at Luke chapter 2. This is the, the, the story of the birth of Christ. I'm going to start in verse 1. <clears throat> and we're going to read this Sunday night as well. So it's just good prep, right? So in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed or registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each in his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. So think about what's going on here. There's a, there's a registration. There's, there's, a, there's a census that's going on. There's this thing that's happening where everybody's coming back to their hometown and they're registering. Yep, this is where I lived. This is, I've got roots here. They're, they're doing a census and they're, they're registering who's with who and where they came from. And so there is, a, there is a ton going on in Bethlehem. There is a lot of things happening because of the, the, the registration from 
um, Caesar Augustus, he decreed this to be done. And so he said, go where you came from, go back where you came from and get registered um, and, and to your own town. So wherever you, ca- wherever you were born originally, that's where you go. So obviously um, that's where Joseph was from. Joseph had, had roots in Bethlehem. So he's back doing the same thing. And he's got, he's got an engaged, uh, he's got a woman that he's engaged to, Mary, that, and, and she's with baby. So there's a scandal in and of itself there. But, I mean, we know the, the, we know the story there that, that the angel came to Joseph and said, hey, don't, don't put her away. Because he's talking about thinking, or he's thinking about putting her away. Like, you got to get rid of her. Because in those days, if you got pregnant before you got married, that was a bad, that was a bad thing. And, and so we have this, this moment where um, these things are taking place and there's just a lot of activity. There's a lot of, there's a lot of craziness that is taking place in, in, the te- in the text here and in this day, in this moment. People are trying to get registered. They're focused on the things that they're, they want to get done. People are trying to find hotels. Obviously, they had hotels in this day because the scripture says there were hotels um, so they're trying to get people into hotels, trying to get probably looking for a place to eat, looking for something to, to maybe some, maybe some shopping going on because it's a, it's a city of commerce. There's, there's things that you can buy. There's things you can do. So there's all the hustle and the bustle and the crazy that's going on. And much like many of the people of this day and age, they, they missed it. They missed it because they weren't looking for the king. They weren't looking for, or they, they weren't looking for, for this Jesus. They weren't looking for this Jesus, this savior that was going to come in meek and mild, humbly through, um, through the birth of a, a virgin womb. They were looking for, according to the text, they were looking for a conquering king. They're looking for a warrior. They're looking for, because think about this. What's happening, Caesar Augustus, Where's that? Where's it? Where's this decree coming from? Rome. Bethlehem, Israel is under the occupation of the tyranny of Rome. And so the the Israelites are longing for the day when Jesus will come. The the Messiah will come and stamp out the Roman Empire and he'll establish his kingdom. So this is who they're looking for. They're looking for this. And so. Jesus has another plan. God has another plan. He puts into motion the idea of I'm going to buy back the human race from their wickedness. I'm going to save them from their sins. John chapter 3 verse 17 through 18 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So we've got, there's the plan. God's Put this emotion said, sending my son in not to condemn the world, but what? I'm, I'm sending him in to save the world. Verse 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God, the only begotten son of God. So Israel's looking and longing for a king. Just like you and I today, what are we, what are we as New Testament Christians, what are we longing for today? Anybody? The return of Christ. We're, we're long, I hope so. Am I in the right room? I hope. I hope. I hope that. Right. I hope we're longing for the return of Christ. The king. That that God's kingdom is set up. That God establishes His His everlasting kingdom that will have no no end in sight. So Israel, that's what they're looking for in Luke chapter two. They're longing for that moment. 
Um, a king that's going to come in and destroy the evil world system that is oppressing them. Because they're, I mean, biblically, look at the history, his, and historically, who are the Jews? They're the children of God. They're, the Israelites are the children of God. They're the people of God. And so they're looking for the sky to split open. They're looking for the light to spread across the eastern sky. They're looking for a king that's going to come in battle ready and swipe out and take out the Roman Empire and establish his kingdom. So this is what they're looking for. This is who they're looking for. And what blows me away is that the prophets, the prophets tell the people what's going to happen. In Micah chapter 5 verse 2, it, it says that the Messiah was going to come. And it also said that he was going to come as a baby. Isaiah chapter 9 says he was, I mean, so the prophets, this is, this is proof that there's biblical ignorance even in Jesus's day. There's a lot of biblical ignorance today, but there's biblical ignorance in Jesus's day as well, because Micah 5, 2 gave, it says, hey, listen, this is, he's coming. He's going to come to Bethlehem. That's where he's coming. In Micah 5, 2, Isaiah chapter 9 says that he's going to come as a baby. He's going to come as, a, as an infant. He's going to come as a, as, a, as, a, as a human being. But so many people missed such an amazing event because they were looking for and creating a savior and a God in their own minds. Sound like anything else that's going on in today's world? <laughs> well, my Jesus wouldn't do that. My Jesus wouldn't demand I do that. My Jesus wouldn't do that. Well, of course, your Jesus wouldn't. But whose Jesus are we talking about? Are we talking about the Jesus of the scriptures? Or are we talking about the Jesus you've made up in your own mind? Just like these people here, they made up in their minds who they thought was coming. They didn't realize because of ignorance or maybe even stupidity. But so many people missed this amazing event because they wanted to have this mindset of, I'm going to create my own God in my own mind. They were doing exactly what people in this day do all the time. They set up in their minds the preconceived notion of what and who God is, and they totally missed what God had in store for them. Like, this is the crazy thing is that why in the world would I celebrate Christmas? Why would I celebrate Christmas if I didn't truly understand what was in store? Why would I chase after and love the idea of Christmas, if I, if, I didn't, if, I, if I didn't want to follow after and do what God's called us to do. You see, people today think things like this. God is love, right? They say, well, God, God is love, which I don't disagree with. I don't, agree, I don't disagree with that at all. God is love. But just because he loves doesn't mean he doesn't, he, that he sets aside his holiness, He's not going to allow sin to run rampant in his house, in his world. He's not going to let that run play. And listen, I know the world that we live in right now, we, we see it running rampant. We think, man, just like in Isaiah's day, is God, is God on his throne? Is God in charge? That's what people think. Because we see all the craziness that's going on. But I'm telling you, God's... Not set aside any of his holiness, any of his sovereignty. That's not, it's, he says, listen, God will not be mocked. He's not slow when it comes to slowness. When it comes to, he, he's, he knows what he's doing. 
The signs of the times are clear in the day in which we live. And my fear is that many people are going to miss this because they fashioned in their own minds who Jesus is. In today's culture, we look at Jesus as the meek and mild. Right now, everybody's like, oh, baby Jesus. He's not a baby anymore. (laughs) He's not an infant. He's not a, a meek and mild little baby. He is a sovereign king that's sitting on his throne, ready to exact justice on on the world. And right now we live in a time of mercy, but that, that time of mercy is about to end. And Jesus came exactly as he was foretold he would. And, and Mary, sweet, this sweet little Israeli virgin girl, gives birth to the Savior of the world in an animal stall. Like that, like this is the, the humbleness of the Christmas story is absolutely mind-blowing. And it's funny because the, where did the wise men go? Because the wise men, if you remember, the wise men, they had, all, they had all the geographical stuff. They were smart guys. They realized, oh, hey, wait, that star? We know what that star means. That star means that the Savior has been born. Where did they go the first place? Because they're thinking in their heads the same thing. Where did they go? They found the king. Hey, king. You know where the Savior is? Because the star is here. The king's clueless because he's a pagan. He's clueless. He's like, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about this Savior that's going to come rule Israel. But hey, can you go find him for me? Because I'd like to worship him too. Wink, wink. Right? But not really. He's the one to kill him. And so there's this little tiny moment that happens inside this animal stall. And what's incredible is that people look back on this and they think, Well, Jesus is going to come the same way, this meek and mild, quiet little entrance into the world. Read Revelation. He comes in. How how does he come into Revelation? He comes in bold as a lion with a sword coming out of his mouth, splitting atoms apart and just mowing things down. And, And what's sad is that those people who are those people are in for a rude awakening. That think, oh, Jesus is just going to come meek and mild. I, that's, not, that's not what's coming. That, that's already happened. That moment came and went. And all, the, all those people were looking for the, the warrior king. They were looking for the, for the Jesus that was going to have a sword coming out of his mouth. And ready to fight and ready to go, right? But that's not what happened. And what we saw um, in, in the text here is, is just some, some interesting things. And I... I I've had several conversations with folks and, and a lot of people, we look at the world around us and they're just dismissing a lot of the things that are going on. They're saying, oh, that's, that, that thing that's happening with the, the digital currency, that's not a big deal. That thing that's going on with all these people gathering together and trying to figure out a way to make a, a global currency, that's not, a, that's, that's not a big deal. That's not a thing, right? Right? No, that's not a thing. We're trying to dismiss it as just a political thing. I'm telling you, God's setting the stage. And, and that's why Isaiah 55, 6 through 7, has so much implication for today. Isaiah 55, 6 through 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Come on. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And there's the good news. There's hope. Everybody's talking about where's hope? Where's hope? I need some hope in life. There's hope. Amen. 
That's some hope right there. Let him return to the Lord that he, that God may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. There's going to be a day when he will not be near to us anymore. Well, I'm saying us. I don't mean believers. I mean the world. There's going to be, there's going to come a day when it's going to be too late for people. Just like in the day of Noah. For 120 years, Noah preached, preached, preached. Repent, get right, judgment's coming. And what'd they do? Stupid old man. Dummy. He, that old man doesn't know it. He's off his rocker. Until it started raining. And they're like, what? Noah and his family goes into the ark, right? And who shut that door? Did Noah shut that door? God shut that door. So when God shuts a door, guess what? No human being is going to open it back up. All right, so we've got all these people trying to get into the ark saying, wait, let us, I'm not, I want in now. I want in now. Well, that time's passed. Now is when we need to get our minds and our hearts focused on who Jesus really is. And I'm telling you, this is the right time. Christmas is the perfect opportunity because I have more quote unquote spiritual conversations with people around Christmas because man, we're open. people are open to the conversation. They're open to the idea of Jesus because why? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. And so we as, as followers of Christ need to keep our focus on this idea. Hebrews 3.13. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So we are to exhort one another. We're to spur one another on with the word and talk about the word with one another. Why? That none of us will be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. Listen, I'm telling you, sin can and will cause our calloused hearts to be just brittled to the things of God. I I found an interesting conversation this week with my cousin in our group chat and we're talking about the, the craziness of the world and, and the insanity that's happening. And, and I, you know, I said, it, it, he said, how can people be so deceived? And, and how can they be so, so deceived? I said, well, think about it. Sin is a deceitful thing. It causes us to lose focus on the real thing. Think about Satan. Satan genuinely thinks that he's going to win. Even though it is foretold that he is not going to win, Right? We, we, we're told, hey, he's going he's gonna, to he, he's gonna lose. But what does Satan be? He's so deceived by his own sinfulness that he thinks I can, out, out, I can outsmart God. I can whip him. I can beat him. I can take him out. He thinks that that can happen. <laughs> but I'm telling you, this is why I think we as Christians should love this, kind of, this time of year. It's the perfect opportunity for us to sit down and have a meaningful conversation with family members, friends about the things of Jesus and just point them towards the beauty of who Jesus is. Like, and, it, and it doesn't have to be anything massively theological. It's what? Why did Jesus come? Ask him. Ask him. Hey, do you know why Jesus, what, what was the purpose of Jesus coming? What's the purpose of Christmas? And they're going to be, well, Jesus. You know, because it's, Kansas is the Bible Belt. We're part of the Bible Belt. So we, most people are going to be like, well, yeah, Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. Well, tell me what that means. Well, he was born in the manger. Why did he come? 
Well, back to back to John. He didn't. He wasn't. He didn't. Keep, he wasn't sent into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That whosoever believes in him won't be condemned, but whoever doesn't believe is condemned already. So don't don't give up. Don't give up. This is why I think we should. We have a perfect opportunity to talk about the King of Kings. The King is coming. The King is coming. You see, so many people of that day missed Jesus because they were looking for a God who met their own expectations. And they were so wrapped up in the, in the world in which they lived, they didn't have time to think about who Christ really was. They were wrapped up with the idea of getting their registration done. They were shopping. They were eating. They were looking for hotels. They, were, they ignored what they saw because they were focused on just trying to make it day in and day out. Doesn't that sound familiar? Anybody else in the room here just trying to make it day in and day out? Just trying to figure out ways to pay my bills. Just trying to figure out what you like, right? And so we're missing. We get focused. And that's what Satan does is he distracts us with all these things that are going on around us. So that we're so distracted that we're not paying attention until right up to the edge of the point of of time being done. And then what? I've wasted all my time. Man. I think that's why you have to be in the Word every day. Yes. Absolutely. You and you have to be, and you and listen. Sometimes it has to. You have to creative ways to do it. You know what happened to me the other? I didn't. I mean, I did sound. This is going to sound ridiculous, but that's okay. Our dog came in at five thirty and bounced up on my bed. I mean, I come. I came right up out of sleep. I took him out. And, it's, and I looked at the clock. I was like, I'm getting up in 30 minutes anyways. Started my coffee at 530. Grabbed my Bible. Popped it open. Read through it. Grabbed my Advent devotion. Just read through that. It's like, I spent more time reading in the Word. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a, I thought that was going to be a pain in the rear end. But man, that ended up being a gift. Right? Sometimes we just got to figure out ways to be creative and getting in the Word. So I'm hearing that you love Charlie. I do now. <laughs> at the moment, at the moment I woke up, I wasn't really excited about the puppy. But you know, what what Satan intended for evil, what God used for His good, right? His glory, my good. Come on. But I think there's so many people ignored what they saw because they were so focused on just trying to make it. So many people in today's world were in the same exact boat. Even in the church. Like, listen, I'm thankful for all the things we do here, man. But there's sometimes it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. All the stuff we got going on. Got to get this figured out. Got to go here. Got to do this. And sometimes we can trade the authentic relationship and, of a loving Savior for just the regiment of a program or a, or a church service or, a, or you know. Did we get that song right, Chancy? Did we get that down? Did we get this done? Did we get the bulletin done? Did we get this? Did we get the lights up here? Right? All the things. And sometimes we can miss the whole point of what we're doing here. Why do we? What's the purpose of us coming here tonight? To study God's word. To, to worship him. To those songs we just sang. 
They're not just songs just, you know, oh, it's a Christmas song. No, those are the, telling the story of God coming, the, the, the beautifulness of, 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 the, of God in flesh. God came with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God showed up in human form and did all the things necessary so that he could be the perfect sacrifice. That's, that's good news. And so often, I just, you know, I, I miss that. We, we trade a vibrant relationship with Jesus for schedules, appearances, stuff, to look good in front of other people. And Jesus is giving you and I an opportunity. We've been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come feast at the table. To come sit at the table and feast with the sovereign king of the universe. He's invited us into this. He, he stepped in to, listen, you're not here by accident. Oh, Caleb, I, I made the plan and I did this and I did that and I did this. Well, how? Well, because God let me, there you go. The sovereign king of the universe did all the things necessary so that you could be here tonight. You weren't here by, you're not here by accident. I don't believe that. And Jesus has stepped into your story tonight to encourage those who are believers here tonight. Listen, he's coming. The king is coming. We have the promise of a Messiah who is coming again. He came once. How do we know? Because we've been redeemed by him. How many in the room has been, have been redeemed and set free by the power of the, of the blood of the lamb? Come on. We were once here, but now we're here, right? This is where God's taken us. And so Jesus has stepped into your story today, not to condemn you, but rather to save you, to save your timeline, to save your story, to save your, you as a person, to set you free. He is here and can and will make all things new. How many of you in the room just need something that is new? You need something that is just, man, I like something new. God's doing that every morning. It's, I mean, I, I, that you wake up. Listen, that we get to wake up. That is a gift from the Lord Jesus Christ. How many people tomorrow morning, they're going to go to bed. They're going to do all the things that are normal. And guess what? They don't wake up tomorrow morning. Just waking up in and of itself, I mean, that's my morning prayer. God, thank you. And listen, I, I didn't think about that at 24. 24-year-old Caleb didn't think about that kind of stuff. I just got up and anybody else, 24 you, you just popped up and you're like, yeah, cool. 44 Caleb, 44-year-old Caleb thinks about that now. I guarantee you when I'm 54 Caleb, 54-year-old Caleb, that's, that's I'm really going to be, right? 83-year-old. 83-year-old Wally to waking up saying, what? Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank you. And listen, he's here and he can and will bring freedom. He's come that you might have life. According to John chapter 10, verse 10, this is what Jesus has come in what? So that you might have life, not just regular life but that you would have life more abundantly, more abundant life. That's, that's incredible news. 
that Christ has come into your timeline, that he loves you. Like, don't let, don't be, don't, don't let that be lost on this season or on you personally, that Jesus like loves you. That the God of the universe said, I want that one to be my kid. Man, that's good stuff. So my hope is for us tonight is that we, I know that everybody in the room, when you have a, when you have a group like this, it's, it's the smaller group that the core group, I mean, I, I just know everybody's story here and I just know that people love the Lord here. And so what is this? It's just an encouragement to let you know that Jesus loves you and that he's coming. Don't give up. Don't get, don't get discouraged. Like I know that like you're looking at the news and you're like, Oh, all the crazy Caleb. What are we going to do? Well, the king is coming. What if he didn't come for another hundred years? You're still going to meet him, <laughs> right? You're still going to see him. I mean, my, my mom and dad thought that they were going to see, they, they thought they were going to go in the rapture. That's just my dad thought, but he didn't. And guess what? I might not either, but guess what? I'm still going to see him. You're still going to see him. Don't, be like so many in the Bible and miss him. Don't miss, miss, miss what's going on. He's here. Christ is here now in the midst of us. The Bible tells us that, man, all the things that we do here, all the things that we're a part of here, what? He's with us. He's in the midst of us. He's here and he's offering hope to the hopeless. I, I just finished up my my January article from the newspaper and I was because it was hilarious because the, the the super progressive woman pastor for for the that writes for the paper um, talked about our hope really comes from all of us our hope is is found in us and I was like huh yeah, okay I don't know I listen I I don't know about you guys. I wouldn't trust the, I wouldn't trust the five, best five seconds of my life to get me in the presence of God. Anybody else? I wouldn't trust the best. Oh, we'll shoot. I wouldn't trust the best 2.4 seconds to get me into the presence of God. My hope is not in me. My hope is not in you. Who's my hope in? Jesus. Our hope is in Christ. And I, I wrote it. Talking about, you know, looking for, and the, the title of the article is um, Finding Hope in the Middle of a Sea of Snakes. And I talked about no, Numbers chapter 21. And in Numbers 21, there's the story of the, the children of Israel had spoken against God. And evil, they'd spoken evil against God and against Moses. And God says, okay, you want to get nasty? Let's get nasty. Sends a whole sea of venomous, poisonous snakes into the camp in Numbers chapter 21. And they get bit and they get violently sick and a lot of people die. And they realize, like, man, last week we didn't have snakes. This week we got snakes. Man, something, something happened. And they're like, oh, wait, we've sinned against God. So they go to Moses and they say, Moses, we've sinned against you. We've sinned against God. Can you pray to God for us? And Moses says, okay, I will. But God doesn't take the snakes away. He easily could have been like, snakes, go, go out in the field. But he didn't. Snakes stay. What does he say? He tells Moses, Erect a giant snake in the middle, bronze snake in the middle of the camp. Giant. Put it on a pole, wrap it around it, 
And if you just look at it, you'll be healed. That's all you got to do. Look at the snake and you'll be healed. How many in that camp were like, that's stupid. That's dumb. That's a stupid thing. Why would I? I that's dumb. I'm not going to go look at some snake. <laughs> and they just, and they die in there. They die from their, the poisonous snakes. So many, so many in the world are infested with the, with the poison of sin. Romans 3.23, all of us, in fact. All of us are, are infested with the poison of sin. And what does the scripture tell us? Look to Jesus. Look on Jesus. That was, the, that was a foreshadowing. Numbers 21, it was a foreshadowing. Look to this. Be obedient and look to Christ. Look to I find it interesting, it's erected on a pole. Who else got erected up on a tree? Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look, believe. Just look and believe. You're healed. Oh, I can't do that. Don't be like so many people that miss out on who Jesus really is. Don't. Wake up to the goodness of who he is. Trust the goodness of Christ. Follow that. And the thing that, that's holding you back from that, it, it's you. Nobody, you can't, well, Caleb, you're holding me back. No, I'm not. It's, I'm holding me back. You're holding you back. Now is your chance. Now is your opportunity. Are you going to look to Christ? Or are you going to be like somebody that's in Numbers 21? They're just, eh. That sounds like a good idea, but I'm, I'm trusting science. I'm going to go to my doctor. <laughs> right? I know I've been bitten by this thing, but I'm going to go see if I can get a vitamin drip or something. That'll make me, that'll, that'll fix it, right? No. It's Christ that changes our hearts, that holds our destinies. Amen? Come home. Come home. Jesus has promised that he will seek and save and redeem those who look to him and trust him. So that's my hope for us tonight. Anybody got anything they want to share? Any thoughts?